For those of you who have been following me for a little while, know that I am big on relationships and talking about the importance of our relationships. And you don't have to just take my word for it. There's an abundance of scientific literature that speaks to the direct and significant positive impact that quality relationships have on the overall well-being and the health outcomes that we experience through life. So for those of you who are really looking to understand a little bit more about how to deepen your relationship with others, how to increase your self-awareness and deepen your connection with yourself and your soul essence, I have created a free guide that is packed with self-reflection exercises and practical strategies that are guiding you through deepening your understanding of how to incorporate your love languages or preferences with a more spiritual lens. You can get access to my Love Languages and Spirituality workbook completely free. There is a link enclosed in the show notes, or you can also find it in my Instagram at integrated underscore wisdom. Welcome to the Integrated Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Tatiana Da Silva. Join me as we discuss what it means to live an integrated life and explore ways for you to create a life filled with greater meaning, peace, and connection. By integrating the wisdom of spirituality, psychology, neuroscience, epigenetics, and energy psychology, I hope to empower you to create deeper and more loving connections with yourself and others, whilst also paving the way for humanity at large to be reimagined and inspired to become the very best version of itself. Hello and welcome to the Integrated Wisdom Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again today. This week, I thought I would focus on something a little bit different. And that is the concept of why some of us can get so focused on finding ways to delay death. I'm sure you have encountered these news articles with breaking news reporting on a recent scientific study that's been found to delay death by a particular number of years if you do X, Y, and Z thing, right? We've all seen those, those articles. If you follow this sort of diet, your chances of delaying death are X amount. Or if you follow such exercise regime, your chances of avoiding, I mean, often these articles will say avoiding death, <laughs> or delaying death is X amount of percentage. And I just always find it so funny when I come across these articles because I guess the the narrative that they're trying to sell is that there is a way to cheat death, right? That there is a way that we can continue living on and on and on and on, like death is almost optional. <laughs> and that there is all these things that we can do to try to live longer and longer. And 
recently I came across an article about a, a tech entrepreneur who is obsessed with the concept of essentially cheating death. That is his absolute focus. He's doing everything in his power to reverse physiological aging so that he can live in his ideal forever, but delay it as much as possible. And that definitely seems to be an obsession that many people tend to have, right? Not necessarily the idea of living forever, but we're very focused on finding ways to stay young, to reverse aging, often from uh, an aesthetic perspective, but also I think on a physiological level, the idea that we can keep delaying death for as long as possible can feel very appealing to a lot of people. So I wanted to explore that a little bit today. And I want to start by talking about this entrepreneur and what he has basically created to try to stave death. So just to give you the context, this man's name is Brian Johnson. He is a multi-multi-millionaire entrepreneur who did really well selling one of his main businesses um, to PayPal, made a gazillion million dollars, and ever since then has been fixated on creating this protocol for reversing aging and ultimately avoiding death. He's been dedicating himself to this new protocol and studying this protocol for the past three years. He has created a protocol which he titled Blueprint and spent over $4 million in creating this home slash lab where he has all these tech paraphernalia which is measuring all sorts of biological processes to assess how successful his efforts are being at reversing his biological age. The premise being that if he can reverse his biological age, the age of his organs, ultimately he will be able to delay death and eventually avoid death completely. That's his ultimate goal. And it's, as you can imagine, it's an exceptionally challenging, onerous process, right? It involves taking in excess of 100 pills a day, eating a very, very strict diet, having at least eight hours of sleep every day. It involves laser therapy, and there is zero room for any indulgence of any sort. No sugar, no alcohol, no caffeine. None of the things that make us happy. <laughs> He's 100% focused on this regimen that he's created. And his entire daily structure revolves around it. So he no longer works. He doesn't socialize. Everything is structured around this. And so... Reading about this man's pursuit of cheating death had me thinking about, you know, these other articles that, are, that we often come across of claims for how we can delay death or avoid death as though that's an actual possibility, 
<laughs> and by Brian Johnson's own account, his routine to maintain, to sustain these supposed gains he claims he's making through this protocol is so extreme and so all-consuming that he doesn't have space to have relationships in his life. He doesn't have a partner. He's divorced. He, he has three kids but only really has regular contact with one of them and doesn't have a relationship, doesn't really speak about friendships or interactions with people other than the team of doctors and scientists that are working with him on this protocol. And one has to ask the question, right? Yes, you're doing all these things, potentially reversing aging, extending your life for decades. But to what end? If, if ultimately it consumes your life to such an extent, the fact that it takes so much effort to sustain any tiny gain that he allegedly has made, tells you that you're basically kind of fighting an uphill battle, right? You're fighting against the natural mechanism of our biology. You know, biologists um, will tell you our DNA is designed to deteriorate over time. Like death is something that's inevitable. It's inevitable for human beings. It's inevitable for animals. It's inevitable in nature. It's, it's one of the other facets that's hardwired into our state of being because we're here as temporary beings, right? But if all the effort that it ex that's required for you to be able to delay that means that you don't actually live life at all, not really. You're not going out experiencing nature. You're not traveling, seeing places. You're not interacting with friends or family. Your entire day-to-day -day revolves around eating a really strict diet, doing very strict exercise, popping a whole bunch of pills, doing laser therapies and all sorts of other concoctions to supposedly trick your body into thinking it's younger than it actually is. What's the actual payoff? You get to live 150 years. You get to live 200 years. What's the ultimate gain? If the very things that make us human don't really factor in to the structure of one's life if one pursues something like this, is all of that effort worth it? What do we actually gain from just being around the planet forever and ever without having the people we love around us too? without actually venturing out into the world and experiencing it in the way that it's designed to be experienced. You know, one of the saddest things that I read was that he exposes himself to an artificial UV lamp to simulate sun exposure and to reset his circadian rhythm, but won't actually expose himself to natural sunlight. What is ultimate, ultimately better? To live forever and ever pseudo life that isn't really living but you get to stay around for a long time or just living wholeheartedly fully present 
with all of your senses embodied, aligned in whatever short time you may have. I mean, these days already, where our life expectancy is so much longer than it used to be because the quality of our lifestyles improved so much. And maybe there'll be a day when we will be able to live until 115, 120 years naturally without putting ourselves through the ringer like this man is. But presumably, it's all about the quality of life that you're having, right? Otherwise, we're not living, we're just existing. And in previous episodes, I've spoken about this. There's an abundance of research that shows that ultimately, the most significant contributing factor to our overall sense of wellness, both physical and emotional, to our overall health, to our overall life satisfaction are the quality relationships that we have, interacting with other people, being part of a community. In order to sustain a lifestyle like Brian Johnson is sustaining, there's no room to factor in other people. It's a very self-obsessed lifestyle. I'm not criticizing him, you know, everyone's free to do what they want with the time that they have. But it almost works in contradiction to what we know makes a good life. What makes a good life are the quality of the relationships that we have. It's about having a sense of meaning and purpose outside of ourselves, beyond ourselves. And so I think that any small gain that we may make health-wise or physiologically that could extend our, our lifespan but that comes at the expense of truly living and enjoying life and in connecting with other people. It's it's a false gain. But it, I guess it's important to also recognize that there's a reason why so many people focus on ways to extend life and delay death as much as possible. And I'm not convinced that for most people it's about wanting to make the most of being here. <laughs> because if you, if you look around and look at the way people are living life these days, there's not a lot of quality to the way we've structured our lives, is there? So much of our lives revolve around work, revolve around achieving certain material parameters and milestones that supposedly give us a sense of security and an indication of having attained success. And so many of these things take the joy away from the here and now. But I think, really, when people start to talk about these concepts of being able to delay death, being able to to make lifestyle changes, to try to live a little bit longer, avoid illness. Yes, maybe partially there's this portion of that that is about making sure that we do have quality of life whilst we're here. And I certainly think that that's a worthy goal to, to strive for. You know, there's no point living to 100 or 105 if, if we're not healthy, right? If we don't have as much of our, our health as possible. But I think ultimately it speaks to something so much more subtle that most people don't really talk about. And that's the fear of the unknown. 
I think all of us, when we think about dying, it elicits so much fear because we don't know what's waiting for us. Is a complete oblivion? Or is there something else? And even if this, there is something else, is that something else actually going to be good? Or is it going to be painful? Right? There's so many narratives and beliefs that we have absorbed throughout the years that would be feeding into this ambivalence around death. I mean, I'll, I'll admit myself, since entering my 40s, I have found myself being so much more aware <laughs> of the fact that now I am I'm getting closer and closer to when it's my time to go. And I make no secret of the fact that I believe wholeheartedly in the spiritual nature of life, that my soul, my, my true essence, which is not my body but my soul, is eternal. That will continue to live forever beyond my physical body that was designed to perish at some point. And I, I believe all of these things wholeheartedly. But there's still sometimes moments when there is that, what if I'm wrong? <laughs> or sometimes it's not even that. It's, I think it's the idea that some of the things that I love to experience and that I can only experience while I'm here will be no more. Being able to spend time with my little baby niece, who I adore beyond anything else, watching her grow, you know, getting to hear her gorgeous little love, being able to hug my sister, my husband, my parents. There's so many places on this planet that I am yet to see that I still would love to experience, right? There are so many beautiful things to be gained from being on this planet. And yes, time is the only resource that we have that is finite, that is going to be running out at some point. Using that knowledge to define the quality of my life, how I go about living my life, it has the power to enhance the experience so much more. It has the power to truly make me feel like I'm living because I don't take any moment for granted. I try not to, but it has that potential, right? It has that potential to help us not feel like we're taking anything for granted. It reminds us to be completely and 100% present in the things that we do, in choosing how we spend our time, doing things that matter, that are values aligned for me. Having the end define the middle is probably the closest thing that we can ever come to in terms of having control over our lives. And there's a beautiful movie, one of my favorite movies that illustrates this concept so much called About Time. If you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend that you watch it. It's just beautiful, the, the overall, the takeaway message from that. I won't go into spoiling the, the plot necessarily, but just the takeaway message of that movie is that life is precious and it's in the little moments, it's in the mundane little moments, interactions with family and friends 
and how we experience the world, that we get to make a good life. And being present in these interactions, in these experiences, is what will enhance your experience of being here. One could argue this obsession with trying to delay death is a form of distraction. I wonder how much more impactful it would be to embrace wholeheartedly the knowledge that every day is a blessing and I get to choose how I spend it wholeheartedly because all I get to take with me when I leave, whenever that may be, are the memories that I've made, the connections that I have, the love and the feelings. The human experience is challenging. It's full of painful experiences that sometimes we have to, to encounter. It's filled with discomfort and painful moments. But in the midst of that, there is an abundance of joy, of love, of wonder that we get to experience too. And that's where our power lies. That's, that's where we have control. We get to choose that. We get to choose how we define what we go through. We get to choose what we prioritize. And in those choices, we create the quality of the life that we have. So I wonder, as you're listening to me talk about all this, have you ever taken some time to think about how you want to live your life whilst you're here? Have you assessed how present you actually are in your interactions? And I know it's bloody hard. I get it because I struggle with this too. I try my very best to be present, to, to be engaged, but sometimes it, it's hard to sustain that. You know, sometimes the distraction <laughs> is all you want. I get it. So it's not about perfection, but it's about the tiny little steps that we can take to start to live life with more intention, to start to be just a little bit more present, to really connect with our values and decide who do I want to be. When I get to the end and I look back, what do I need to have done along the way to look back with pride and a sense of fulfillment? No regrets. I encourage you to think about that. And if you're not sure how to answer that question for yourself, I can give you an exercise to do, which I've given often in, in a clinical setting, and it can be such a powerful exercise to help you distill your values and really be clear on what matters to you. It is a little bit morbid, very topic appropriate, <laughs> because it, re it relies on you writing your own eulogy. So sitting down, taking some time out, writing your own eulogy from the perspective of those around you that know you, but you're not going to write what you expect them to say or what you think is most likely people will say, and certainly not the usual cliched stuff people say. I invite you to write it from the perspective of what you would ideally 
love people to say about you, right? In the best case scenario, how would people be remembering you and the way you lived your life? This exercise has such an incredible ability to make plain what your values are. It helps you really understand, this is what matters to me. And then from there, you can take stock of, okay, in my day-to-day life right now, how much am I living in alignment with this vision that I have for myself? Again, not from a place of perfection, but from a place of what's one tiny change that I can make that can bring me closer to that vision. With every challenging or big decision that you might be grappling with, asking yourself that question, is this is the thing that I'm about to do or is the thing that I'm about to say or choose in this situation, in this moment, taking me closer or further away from who I want to be? Sure. We can spend all sorts of effort trying to cheat death or delay death. But personally, don't you think it's so much more powerful and empowering to control death and harness death in the only way we truly can, which is to decide how we're going to live a life of meaning, to use it in that way, to be present, to choose the priorities of our life, to care for the people around us that we love. We can be moved by fear or we can be moved by love. The choice is ours. So that's it for today. (laughs) It's a bit of a heavier topic, I know, but one that I hope will give you some food for thought. And, you know, if you're open to it, I encourage you to do that exercise because it really can. It can create so much clarity around what matters to you and put you in the driver's seat of your life again. As always, I welcome any feedback, any questions that you may have. You can find me on Instagram at integrated underscore wisdom. So feel free to DM me and interact me with in that way. And if you feel like today's episode will be of value to anybody around you, that I invite you to share it with them and spread the message out there. So I hope you all have a lovely week and I will see you all next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Integrated Wisdom. It is my sincere wish that today's episode may have intrigued and inspired you to reclaim your power and step into becoming more fully integrated spiritual beings. New episodes are published every Wednesday and I hope you'll continue to join us as we dive deeper into what it means to live an integrated life. So if it feels aligned to you, I invite you to hit subscribe and share it with others who you feel may benefit too. You may also find me on Instagram at integrated underscore wisdom. Remember, each moment is an opportunity to embrace your divine potential and create a world that is more frequently inspired. So for now, stay connected, stay inspired, and keep shining your light into the world.